From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Kayla McCleskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, Athens could experience city changes due to discussions in city council. And Ohio University men's and women's basketball look for success away from home. These stories and more right here on The Outlet. Athens City Council took up a number of issues over the break, including the plastic bag ban, trash service, and more. WOUB reporter Jack Green has more on how city officials say these changes could affect your day-to-day. So Jack, since the last time we spoke, what has changed in the city? So Caleb, since the last time we spoke, two major changes went into effect into the city. First, the city's plastic bag ban went into effect on January 1st, so now you'll see businesses starting to use paper bags or some form of a reusable bag that people will now be using. Like when I went to Kroger the other day, I had to use a paper bag. So those kind of changes are just now coming into effect into the city. And also the contract with Rumpke began on January 2nd. So now trash customers in the city now have a new provider instead of AHRC it is now Rumpke so that's an adjustment that people are starting to get used to and as we go along further down in the year people will see more and more Rumpke trash cans starting to pop up along the city streets. Also since the last time we talked Caleb city council decided to table an ordinance creating a tobacco retail license in the city which meant that retailers who sold tobacco in any form would have to get a retail license to sell this. This means that the city would require inspections on whether or not they are selling to underage kids who are under the age of 21. And then speaking of Rumpke, Rumpke recently held an open house to showcase their service in the city. What were they hoping that people took away from this event? Yeah, so Rumpke recently held their open house at the Athens Community Center. At that event, people could learn more about where their recycling and composting goes. Uh, along with learning more about the landfill in Nelsonville and how the company is trying to minimize the waste, Uh, along with hearing from customer service representatives and also learning more about how to possibly get a job with Rumpke. Overall, Rumpke says that they hope people take away that they're just just like them, they're their neighbors, that they are a part of this community. This open house comes after a lot of scrutiny against the city going with Rumpke instead of opting to stay with Athens Hawking Recycling Centers. And you know, Caleb, this open house is being held just a couple months after the city made the decision to go with Rumpke over the local over local company, Athens Hawking Recycling Centers, which caused a big stir in the community because people were concerned about the idea that trash was going to be shipped to other locations in Ohio. And people were also concerned that this is a local company, AHRC, and now a larger corporation from Cincinnati is coming in and taking over the service. So people are kind of losing that local aspect. So Rumpke is really trying to make an effort to showcase that they are a part of this community, that they are working hard to keep this community clean and doing the best that they can. Yeah, and then last time we talked, the city was thinking of creating a council of governments to handle solid waste. Where do things stand today? You're exactly right. So last time we spoke, there was the idea of a council of government system. Just recently on January 8th, the agreement and bylaws were introduced into Athens City Council. 
from people I've talked to at the Solid Waste District, they've said they really haven't heard anything from either Amesville, Logan, Athens, or Nelsonville on whether or not they have agreed to be a part of this Council of Governments. Now, I've spoken with Council President Sam Crowell and Council Member Jeff Reisner, and they say they haven't heard anything from the city's administration about whether or not the COG is moving anywhere forward in the city. And they've ultimately said council is not involved in this discussion at any moment in time. So it's kind of unclear where things kind of stand with the COG at the moment. You also mentioned the city council decided to table an ordinance creating a tobacco retail license. Is there an update on where the council move forward with this? So currently the law was not has not been reintroduced into council. I spoke with council member Alan Swank, who was one of the two people that made a motion to table this ordinance. And he says that currently he's looking over the legislation that was written by former council member Sarah Grace last term of council before that before that term ended at the end of last year. And he says that him and Jack Pepper are currently looking over the legislation, trying to see what they can improve on and kind of just looking overall how this will benefit the city. Now, something that has kept Swank from reintroducing this legislation into council is the Ohio Senate just voted to override Mike DeWine's line item veto in the from the two year budget that was passed in July, allowing municipalities to ban the sales of flavored tobacco. Now, Swank says he's going to have to go back and look at how the city might be able to still even have this retail license with the Senate overriding Mike DeWine's veto. It's kind of up in the air whether or not Athens will even be able to pass a any form of legislation that bans the sales of flavored tobacco in the city. Warm and rainy weather is heading to southeast Ohio. WOUB lead forecaster Emily Dietz tells us this weather is similar to previous years. So Emily, hope you had good holidays. I know definitely I did with my winter break, but we have definitely seen some crazy weather over the last month, especially in the state of Ohio. And we have definitely seen some crazy weather down here in the region. But what can you tell us about the weather for the upcoming week? Right. So as you know, and as we've all experienced, it's been below freezing for the past couple of days. A lot of snow. I enjoyed it a lot. My roommates and I went sledding. But today's been the first day, the 22nd, that we have been above freezing. And we're going to continue to see this trend as we go throughout the week. And we've got a little bit of warming. And so what happened to bring in a lot of that cold air was we had the sort of uh, polar wind sort of coming down, bringing a lot of that cooling. And that mixed with a lot of the moisture that was being brought up from the Gulf. Uh, creating a lot of the snow that we really saw uh, and also some moisture that was being pulled in across from the ocean over from the Pacific in that as well. Uh, but we're going to see things shift this week. So starting off on Tuesday uh, into the evening hours, that's when we're going to start to see a little bit of rain. Uh, we might even see a little bit of ice precipitation happening, especially in the late evening hours and the early morning hours when things really cool down. However, that's not guaranteed because things are still going to be warming up throughout the day. So that probably that definitely won't be lasting long. But as we go into Wednesday, Thursday, and into Friday morning, 
that's when we see a bulk of our rain happening. We've got a pretty big system coming in, especially from the south, and those warm airs are going to be mixing. Might see a couple snow flurries here and there just because we're still in that winter time, but for the most part, we're expecting uh, quite a decent amount of rain, about an inch on Wednesday. So definitely going to be a pretty wet week ahead, and we're going to be up in the 40s, even into the 50s on Thursday. Our high for Thursday is looking about 57 degrees, so that's going to be quite a big change. I see you celebrating right now. How are you feeling about that? I love to hear that, but at the same time, that also worries me because we saw this during the fall when we were talking in the earlier months, but it seems like that we just keep getting these cold fronts and then this major warm front then just goes back to freezing cold again. Right. Well, especially in January, um, this is a big time for a lot of snow, especially down in Ohio area. I mean, if you're northern Ohio at all, you get a lot of lake effect snow, and that's uh, pretty different from what we see because that definitely does not carry down to central, even north central Ohio. So we definitely don't see that down in Athens. But what happens is you have those polar vortexes that sort of uh, start to come down a little bit. And when they hang out really low, that's when we experience a lot of those cooler weathers. And uh, January is particularly known for a lot of that cold air really coming down. So we definitely might be seeing some cooler temperatures as we go later into January. Still pretty early to tell because it's really hard to see those uh, forecasting really far ahead. I mean, our forecasts are pretty only accurate to about a day out, if that, give or take, um, that rain or whatever might be coming up ahead. But still, I'm still hoping for a little bit of cold weather because I'm not ready for the snow to go away. But unfortunately, that snow will be melting as that rain comes in to sort of wash everything out. Yeah, and then speaking of snow, I know that with winter, snow is definitely supposed to be happening. But if I remember correctly, around this time last year, we barely had any snow. So I guess my question for you, Emily, is what can we expect for this year's winter with snowfall, ice, all those conditions? And what have we also seen from the previous few years? Right. So starting with that, if we just look back at our previous snow records, uh, we don't really have a big one for 2021 too much, but if we go back to 2022, we have a lot of snow. So starting off in January, um, there's a big snowstorm on January 6th, and that snow sort of continued throughout the year all the way into April. So we had a period of falling snow showers on April 18th to 19th. So uh, yeah, so we had definitely had a lot of snow extending out into that time, and then obviously things warmed up, and then we didn't see snow again until about mid-November, and that carried on through December, and that's when we had the December uh, big snow shower that prohibited mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, from traveling places back in 2022. And then 2023 came, and a lot of things changed. Our last snow uh, was in the middle of March, and it didn't begin snowing again that we could accumulate and measure until December. So quite a big change, and we've already seen a couple of snowfalls uh, starting off in January, and that holds pretty true for a lot of our records that we see those early January snowfalls. But since we're still in that El Nino pattern a little mm-hmm. bit, we're sort of expecting a bit of a drier, um, a little less snow moving forward, but we still can't rule anything out because, once again, we always have those uh, weird interactions <laughs> right. happening with the weather exactly. We're just like we had a pretty big snow shower coming through. I mean, you can never tell uh, for sure if we're going to get another polar vortex, especially if we move into late January, early February uh, time at all. Ohio University's basketball teams find road games to be a challenge this season. Sports director Aiden Crowley joins us to break down what ails Bobcat hoops ahead of an important stretch. So Aiden, good to have you back. And Happy New Year to you too, Aiden. Hey, right back at you, man. It's good to be back. (laughs) So I guess to start off with our winter sports, let's start with men's basketball. So what's been happening recently? 
Yeah, Caleb, the Ohio men's team obviously are sitting at 9-10 and 10 overall, 3-4 and four in conference. Not necessarily the year I think many were hoping out of this ball club. A lot of talent on this roster, but they've been hit with a couple crucial key injuries. Sophomore guard A.J. Brown, who is expected to be one of the lead guys for this team, out for the year with a shoulder injury, and then another sophomore guard, Elmore James, who's been almost that number two option for A.J. Brown in games where they're both healthy. He's been sidelined with injury as well. So that has kind of slowed their momentum as conference play started to ramp up. But it feels like here recently they've started to turn a corner. They won two games against Central Michigan and Eastern Michigan towards the middle part of January. And then Obviously, their last time out was a loss on Tuesday against the Akron Zips, but this Akron ball club is loaded, and this Ohio team went toe-for-toe with them, only falling by nine points in that game, 67-58 on the road, where they still have not been able to pick up a road win yet, 0-5 on the year. The Bobcats are away from the convo. But in this game, there are some positives that this team can take away. Obviously, we've talked about the size at length with this team. And in this game, where this Akron ball club is a really good rebounding team, Ohio was able to hang tough, out-rebounding Akron 32-31. to That's what kind of kept this game close. But unfortunately, they just could not find the guy in this game to knock down shots. And that's where I think A.J. Brown and Elmore James are severely missed. They shot 28% behind the arc and 39% from the field. That's just not going to get it done against the Akron Zips. So they'll find out more about this ball club when they take on Kent State, another good MAC opponent as well, on the road. They're staying up in Northern Ohio for these two games, and they'll play Kent State, obviously, with a chance to earn their first road victory Friday. That, that tips off at 6.30. Yeah, then what can you tell us about the women's? Because I hear they're in the same situation as our men's team. Yeah, Caleb, especially on the road. They were going into this week winless on the road, just like the men. They were a combined, if you add up the two together, going into this week, they were a combined 0-11 on the road. And the women were able to pick up their first one, their first road win, Wednesday against the Central Michigan Chippewas, a big 10-point win for them, 68-58. And for this women's team, it's just the youth really playing a role. And they have a number of freshmen that contribute. And one of their better players, a sophomore guard, Jay McClure, has been sidelined as well with injury. So they, it's been up to the freshmen to step up. And on Wednesday, it was Monica Williams who was the one stepping up for this team, a freshman guard stepping into that role that Jay McClure would have filled. She dropped 14 points in the win, 4 for 8 from the field, 1 for 2 from behind the arc. And this was a game where you look at the box score and there are some numbers that jump out at you. Ohio was out-rebounded in this game 41-16. to And yet they came away with the win. And you might be sitting there like, there's no way that's possible. Well, if you keep looking at the scoreboard, at the box score, you'll see the turnover battle was really what decided this game. Ohio 17 turnovers, which is about their average. Central Michigan 33 turnovers in this game. Ohio was active in the passing lane, causing mayhem. Obviously, they totaled 20 steals on the game. So that was the difference in this game. Bob Bolden's team was able to be disruptive on defense, and that's why they were able to earn their first road victory and string together two wins against Michigan teams, Eastern Michigan, 
last Saturday and then Central Michigan this Wednesday. And now they'll set their sights in a battle of a bricks contest, a rivalry we always look forward to against the Miami Red Hawks in what should be a tight, contested game with a younger team in Ohio playing really well right now and playing together. And I think we've seen that with the three freshmen that we have talked about at length. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Kayla McCleskey. We're edited by Teach Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at woub.org. They can follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore WOUB and Instagram at newswatch underscore WOUB. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.